Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Welcome to the Weekend Wrap on Radio New York Sport. I'm Mick Bradley, he's Tony Smith, and these are the headlines. And it just had to happen, didn't it, after a week of record-breaking sunshine. A wet Saturday put pay to any oats of cricket. Not a single ball bowled in our area. Six points for everyone. But we did get some football played and Flo Sir saved their best until last in the pre-season friendlies. Coming back from fellow Step 5 club Quorn with a thumping 7-2 victory. Including a first ever hat-trick for new boy Matt Cotton. Steve Kirkham coming up a little bit later. Newark Chan lost 2-0 at home to step 6 side Armthorpe. The Blues matched their higher-ranked opponents for much of the match. But like we've said before, it's all about taking those chances. Tan also announced that Steve Carty has booked pen to paper, bringing a wealth of experience to the team. And another player making the move to the sports village is George Asplin. The centre-forward scored 28 goals for Collingham last season and his contribution in front of goal is going to be absolutely vital for their promotion push. Damo Parkinson is our special guest on tomorrow night's Radio New York Sport. Matt Way's tenure at Curtin Brickworks seems to be going well and we catch up with Wadey in a few minutes. Harbour United are another side with a new look team, including quite a few familiar names. We talk to Farley, Mark Fardell, a little bit later in the show. And we have found some cricket for you. Last January, Matthew Revel came in to tell us all about what's happening at Claypole. Remember, last season, the ground was deemed unfit. Had to move to Kaythorpe. We want to know what progress has been made. So Matthew joins us round about half past seven. Welcome to a little bit of a different Monday night on Radio New at Sport. But I want to start, Mr Smith, with Notts County, because they've been reprieved. Mm. They've been bought out. Alan Hardy's gone. The best comment I, I, I saw was um, our, our super magpie, fi- magpie fan, John Marshall, who's been in since. Yeah. Um, the Danes save Notts Bacon. <laughs> so I've got to give him that one. I think that was, that was um, rather good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything about these two Danish lads, but apparently they they love they love football, and it's always been their ambition to own a football club. I don't want to say out of the frying pan into the fire. These two might be absolutely, but it can't be any worse for County County. It's got to be a step in the right direction. Now, it'd be interesting to see what Kirky has to say later when he's on. Uh, but um, as as somebody who uh, spent fifteen years at Meadow Lane reporting on them, it's uh, at I'm absolutely delighted for him and um, obviously I don't know the first thing about Alan Hardy 
other than they want to be want to be careful of what he sends texts of. But basically, you know, I mean, it, it just um, you know obviously wasn't a fit and proper person for that football club. And as you say, the two guys coming in have got nothing to beat. But it does sound very very promising. And the 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 greatest thing of all is that when we had Paul Drory on here and he was talking about, you know, just because you go down into non-league, it doesn't mean that the fun stops there. You can have a great laugh following your team around, following, you know, going to new places. I, it, it didn't look as though they were actually going to fulfil any of the fixtures at one stage and, and that's what's best of all, that, you know, the uh, Notts County fans can start to uh, to live with a bit of sunshine in their hearts but, but again. You know, isn't it, you never have to look far, do you, to find somebody a bit worse than what you are? No. And Bolton and Berry's opening League One games are likely to be suspended if they do not meet the English Football League deadline to provide evidence of their financial viability. They're both being given till um, five o'clock next Monday now, apparently, to um, sort themselves out, to put it bluntly. But uh, mm. where it's all coming from, Bol- Bolton, of course, have called three fl- friendlies off already. Um, pre-season and the players haven't been paid for 20 weeks um Berry are due to appear in the i-court again on wednesday um with another widening up petition from hm revenue and customs over unpaid tax uh, you know it's as i keep saying it one day somebody sitting in the high court is going to say okay enough's enough yeah. you should and 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 it's going to affect so many because once one goes, it's going to be like a, a stack of dominoes. Yeah. But, uh... Um, I mean, if it was a business, a proper business, not a football club, a business, it would have been insolvent and shut down, wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean... What's the difference? As as a, a football person, any football club in that situation, you feel sorry for them, but Notts County was personal. And, um... I loved that club for 15 years while I was w- working there, smashing people there. And I'm just so pleased that their worries look like, hopefully, that the their worries are over now. Well, if they can pay the wages, then it's a start. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully the transfer embargo will have gone by the wayside as well, um, and they can begin <coughs> begin to move forward. They might even sign Gareth Bale, because apparently now he's not going to China. <laughs> Um, apparently he's furious he's not playing in munich for real madrid he's not in in the squad but uh real madrid have decided that um or their president have decided that um he's not leaving this club for nothing because he's he's worth 100 million of anybody's money and zidane was quite happy to get him out of the club for nothing well i read a very hex gone off there i read a very interesting article yesterday uh in the scottish mail uh, which I get to follow the fortunes of Berwick Rangers. And uh, it was arguing the case for Gareth Bale, saying that he's a winger, he's 30 years old, and basically you're finished. So who would not want to get a million pounds a week to secure their future? And now Real Madrid, who wanted him out of the club, have said, oh, no, he's not going on a free. You've got to pay some money for him because, um, you know... We'll lose out there. And apparently Gareth Bale is, understandably, furious at the way he's been treated by the Real Madrid people. The bottom line in all this seems to me is he can't speak Spanish. The president said, come out, Gareth, do an interview for yourself. You've been here six or seven years now, you don't speak the language, that's an insult to the people. 
that you are working with. It's yeah. not gone down well here in Spain, and it saddens me. It's been important in Real Madrid. It's just a pity he hasn't engaged himself a little bit more with the country that he's living in, with the supporters that are there every week. He's probably got a point. If, if you're in another country for six or seven years, then really, it is impolite not to learn the language. You know, it's um, you know, if you're going to live somewhere and that place is going to be very kind to you and provide a living for you, it's it's only right that you learn the lingo. But it's it's like when Ian Rush went to Juventus and he came back after a year and said, "It was horrible. It was like being in a different country." You know, you got to make the effort if you're going. Mm. You know, I mean, you, mm. you, you can't move to Spain and not learn Spanish. Even Dennis Law learned Italian. They couldn't understand a word he said. <laughs> it, was, it was probably Scottish Italian. Anyway, I can give you the breaking news that Notts County's wages have been paid today. Super fan, the Super Magpie, um, has sent in a message already. Yeah. Um, Notts County's wages was paid today. And if that's the case, then that has got to be one massive step in the right direction. So right. Okay, let's um, let's go to the phone lines now, as we do on a Monday night. And the first person I want to catch up with, somebody we've been looking to catch up with for a number of weeks now, is Matt Wade. Matt, sort of great, great figure of Newark football, and dropped out of the management scene for a while. And it's lovely to see that he's back in there at Curtain Brickwork. So my receptionist has just gone off to do his job. While I tell you, remind you, in fact, that tomorrow night, Damo Parkinson's coming in as we look forward to a new season with a lot of optimism at um, the Sports Village for Newark Town. And um, I saw them again on Saturday, and uh, I think they're going to be challenged. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but they're certainly going to be up there with the front three or four in the Central Midlands. A lot to look forward to for Newark Town this season. Wednesday night, um, our resident referee's coming in to see us. Andrew Hind is um, popping in, and Andrew's talking about... um, the new laws that uh, the Football Association and all and FIFA have brought in this season and Andy's going to take us through them so when the football season kicks off finally on Saturday with Flo Serve's own match against Worcester City we'll all know why the referee's making those decisions and we won't complain because Mr Hind is the one that's told us all about them right to the phones and a warm welcome to Radio Newark Sport to Matthew Wade Wadey good evening Good e- yeah, good evening. How are you? You okay? Oh, uh, we're good, thank you. Um, I was just saying, it's lovely actually to see you back. You back in the game. I did see you yesterday um, in your referee's kit because you've taken up um, you've taken up refereeing as well. So that's absolutely brilliant. But uh, it's management where you, uh, I think, you really enjoy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I mean, I got into refereeing just quickly before going to management. Really, through. Really, uh, my uh, my lad now that's now under eight. Uh, a couple of seasons ago, they were always struggling for referees. So I thought I'd do my, my referees course, and then yeah, you know, uh, I'll see two years down the line, and uh, I'm enjoying that as well. But uh, yeah, back into management. Uh, Saturdays again now. Uh, do miss Saturdays, and uh, yeah, it's all going well at Curtin. So uh, had a good pre-season. Had had uh, three or four games, and uh, yeah, it's looking good at the moment. So what so, yeah, what what enticed you, Matt, then to back to or to Curtin because I know in the past you've had association with Curtin and what enticed you back there yeah I think you've pretty much hit the nail on the head really I mean when I used to manage RHP I had half a dozen lads that were playing for the Curtin uh, Saturday side so I've I've known about the club for a while now and uh, yeah it's a good it's a good setup. Um, you know it's close it's close to Newark and uh, 
yeah, I've got, like you say, some close ties down there. And uh, obviously, I saw they was looking for a manager pre-season and uh, had a chat. And yeah, here I am, really. <laughs> it, it, it's one of my favourite grounds, really. You, I mean, you wouldn't think so. It's a football pitch. It's next to a brickworks, and you know, but it's got trees on three sides of it. It's got it's got the brickworks on the other side. It just has something. It's something that no other ground has got. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's a little bit different if you've never been, um, but I mean, as for the playing surface, I mean, obviously, it's you know, it's, it's beautiful, it's, it's immaculate. Yeah. I mean, it's up there with uh, some of the best pitches, uh, you know, in Nottinghamshire, really. And uh, yeah, the facilities down there, you know, are really good for that level of football. You know, so we're quite lucky. There's a you know, the chairman down there, a guy called Tony uh, Tony March. He does uh, he does he does the pitch, you know, on a weekly basis. So. Yeah, we're very fortunate, really. So, yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. Pretty much a hidden gem, really, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. It, you know, you know, it is. I mean, obviously, you know, it's owned it's owned by the Brickwork, so um, I'm not too sure how much development we can move on that in the future, but uh, the owner is very much football-orientated, so he, he likes to see that being played down there. So, hopefully, there's a, you know, there's a lot more movement to come, fingers crossed. So, where did Kurt, what, did Kurt, what league are Curtin playing in, then? Tell, tell us a bit about that. So they're playing in the uh, in the NSL uh, Division One, um, uh, which is obviously made up of three divisions. So you've got the NSL uh, Prem, which is which is the first tier, which is Step Seven, uh, NSL Division One, and NSL Division Two. I'm sure for the people that know the NSL, for example, Newark Flow Serve Reserves were in Division Two last year, and then you had Newark Flow Serve first team that's played, obviously in the NSL Prem. So um, Curtin Oranex step seven side unfortunately um, they, they did get relegated a few seasons back but they kind of float in between the two leagues really so the ambition in the next couple of years is to hopefully get Curtin back into, into step seven football fingers crossed so what um, what familiar names will the listeners know that you've got out there are you have you uh, enticed any new lads to go and play for you yeah, we've got we've got a handful of new lads. Obviously, we've got uh, we've got the likes of uh, young Liam Knott that won the league with Flow Serve last year. Uh, Ryan Ashley, that's obviously played for both Newark Town and Flow Serve uh, reserves. Um, we have uh, Ricky O'Connell again, another lad that won the league last year with with Flow Serve. Um, and then for sort of more of the local lads, obviously Jamie Charlton, who's played in and around the Newark leagues. Um, you know. Top top goal scorer on a on a Saturday. So yeah, there's you know, there's quite a few familiar names and faces that you know people from the Newark area would know. What are you hoping for the season? Because I know at, at the beginning it was you've got to put you've got to put a team together where you've done that. You've had some cracking results. I mean, you, you beat Gedling South Bank, thumped Gedling South Bank at the weekend. Yeah, I, I'm, I must say as well, I'm a much improved Gedling South Bank from last year. I mean, they've got. They've got their old team back now from the from the team that pretty much got them promotion. A lot of them left and they've come back. So we played a we, we played a stronger Gedling South Bank this year than they were last year in the Prem. But I think the result of the, the result of the season so far has been, or pre-season should I say, is uh, is Ollerton Town. I mean, it was a last-minute fixture because uh, the team had had pulled out, and uh, I wasn't sure we was ready really. But all the lads wanted the game. We played the game, and uh, we only we only lost two one in the last twenty minutes, and. Uh, we got a lot of praise from Ollerton, a lot of praise from their from their setup. So we are very competitive. I mean, I don't want to blow me and trump it, but I'd like to think we can be up there come you know come the end of the season for sure. I mean, you know, we've got a good set of lads, and I'll be disappointed if we if we do finish any you know any lower than sort of top five really. But 
I can say I hope that don't come back to haunt me now. <laughs> <laughs> and the good thing about this, it's all being recorded. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when when do you start, mate? You haven't got your fixtures yet, have you? No, from what I've heard, um, they've pushed the league. Uh, they've pushed the league back a week now, so it's going back to the 17th. So it was originally uh, planned for the 10th of August, but uh, yeah, for reasons unknown, they've pushed it back a week to the 17th. So I'm not too sure. You guys may know the reasons. More well, than I, I think it's the way that, that you know. Step seven can't give the hold of the fixtures out, can they? Until everybody else has done their bit, and it's just the knock-on effect. And and to be quite honest, I mean, I know FlowServe start this weekend the 3rd of August to start competitive football match it's ridiculous yeah it's um you don't get a lot of time off do you <laughs> no, it's just, just ridiculous um, can, can I just um, well first of all I want to say we're, we're going to be following Curtin so we're going to be chatting to you on a fairly regular basis and we have got a third member of our team starting in September whose job is it to keep um, tabs on everything that's going off on our local football club so uh, we're going to be in touch Matt um, and okay. we, because we want to tell people just how you and the rest of the lads at Curtin are getting on. So um, it's not going to be a one-off phone call. You better, you better get your Monday nights organised. Um, <laughs> <They're free. laughs> you refereed a football match yesterday. Um, it was on the face of it, it was RHP Colts a- against Warriors, but it was a farewell match for um, a lad that everybody calls Nacho because I can't pronounce his name either, whose family are moving back to Spain. And you know what, Matt? It was a wonderful occasion, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I know I know the lad fairly well. Um, anyway, because he says uh, I think he obviously came to RHP at under under tens. I think it was or under nine, somewhere around that age group. And uh, yeah, he's gone through he's gone through the system. And obviously with Gary, and I've refed a lot a lot of their games over the last uh, sort of year or so. So I know I know the lad quite quite well. But yeah, it was a great, you know, it was a lovely fitting send off really. And uh, you know, people like you know Gary Atwood down there. Um, you know he's he's you know he's run that team really well this year and he's got a cracking a cracking bunch of lads but yeah like you say it was a it was a fantastic send off and it was nice to be part of it really so it was yeah, it was it, it, it was a lovely a lovely morning I, I know Gary will certainly miss him and RHP Colts will 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 miss that lad as well but um, his older brother of course is a referee yeah yeah that's right so. yeah. Um, I think we're been a bit biased to be having him down as a referee, even for a pre-season friendly. Football. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, I don't know, but now I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't have minded really. No, but, sure. uh, yeah, I thought the referee on the morning did a good job. <laughs> he did all right, didn't he? He didn't do too bad. <laughs> it was hardly the hardest <laughs> match you'll ever have, but um, it was a good morning. Matt, we'll catch it with you again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll catch it with you again very, very soon. Yeah. Well, Enjoy the season, going. and uh, we'll come September. We'll see how you started. All right, well, good luck to you, and obviously good luck to Tony in the, in the studio as well, so I know he's got some big matches coming up. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Take Matt. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So pleased, Tony, that Matt Wade's got back into football, because he's one of football's <laughs> lovely lads. Yeah, um, it's just interesting to hear about Nacho and uh, Alvaro oh. moving back to uh, Spain. That's um, a real shame. Because uh, I, I, I got to know both lads tremendously well when I was helping Mark Nesbitt with RHP under-14s. And uh, I decided to learn a bit of Spanish. And I decided to learn hello and good morning. And uh, so I went up to what I thought was Nacho and Alvaro's dad and said, in fluent Spanish, hello, good morning. And he turned around to me and went, sorry, I'm from Romania. <laughs> I think it's the thought that counts. Yes, isn't it, it is, isn't it? And that's sometimes <laughs> what you probably ought to do. Right, it's 
Tony's pressed all the right buttons. The next voice you should hear is um, a very, very good friend of mine from my footballing days, from Grantham, Mr Mark Fardell. Mark, good evening. Good evening, Mick. How He's the... Oh. See, I've got full confidence in Tony. <laughs> um, <laughs> pe- people of not a very old age will remember Farley from his uh, time playing for... IDP as it was then with the famous Grantham triangle of Gary Breeden and um, Martin Wormel and um, Mark has kept involved with football in fact he is, he is and has been for a long time Mr Harrowby United and um, Mark we want to follow Harrowby through a season because last season Mark at Harrowby let's start with that one um, it all went slightly wrong when Grantham Town came in and took your management team yeah it was a uh... Well, I think to be honest, Mick, we was probably um, <clears throat> four days from folding. Um, they just the management just on the Saturday after a game at Elston Park just told us that they were uh, resigning that night. The Grantham manager resigned as well about an hour later. So um, we sort of put two and two together and uh, realised what was happening. Bit um, bit harsh really because Grantham didn't ask us permission to talk to the managers or anything they just went so um and then in a matter of um three days we'd lost 17 players two managers and a trainer um and we had a game on the on the saturday after so it was really tough really tough week but we managed to keep afloat and and really to be honest it's I know it's not a, a nice thing to say but it was the best thing what could have happened to the club so who did you bring in to replace tell us a bit about the current management setup well at when Paul and Russ left us and, and they went to Grantham they actually released um, two lads a lad called Jamie McGee and a lad called Tom um, so that they released them as soon as they went up there so we got in touch with Jamie uh, the day after just to see if he was interested in going into management he was like He's only 28, 29, he's still a player. And uh, he slapped her hand off because that's the, the, that's the next stage of his career it was to go into management. So in a matter of the Saturday to the Tuesday, um, we had a new management, management team in place, but no players. So Jamie, miraculously, I don't know how he did it. We all, we all tried to help. He managed to get 14 new players by the Saturday. And... Uh, it was just a process of just trying to continue, really, and just, just to steady the ship. Um, and we didn't expect, really, because the players he brought in, there were young lads, um, academy players, we didn't really expect anything, but he managed to win four games, and we, we were over the moon, absolutely over the moon. And, and to be honest, for, for being fourth, when the, new, when the old managers were in, we only finished sixth anyway, so um, we were we was well happy. Now, when you start in this season, um, there are a number of names that are familiar to to Newark football watchers. Um, two or three explosive lads, and um, yeah. and a coach that uh, is well known to Newark. Yeah, we've um, we've we've had a. Um, to be honest, it's been pre-season. I always say is busier than in the season and it was even busier for us this season because we had to restructure um, Jamie's got really good contacts because he was a professional at Mansfield so he's got massive contacts and he was uh, he was close to Dennis as, as you all know Dennis anyway Dennis Rule 
I mean, he's come in and absolutely been a breath of fresh air. Um, the lads love him. And also, at the back end of last season, Jamie, people would have probably seen Jamie around Newark, looking at players and uh, just trying to build his squad for this season. And he managed to, we've managed to get uh, three or four Newark lads down. And... Uh, they're, they're fitted in a tree to be honest they've got, you've, really got, uh, you've got young Callum Barnes there you've got Ben Age two, two lovely players and two players yeah. that will give you everything every oh, week they, every they, you know, they have the commitment which others, others from, have tended to lack you've also got a couple of ex serve lads including the goalkeeper uh, yeah he's, uh, I can remember coming to watch Flow serve last season and he was in goal for you and uh, I, th- I thought it was absolutely outstanding then so to, for him, he just came along to train once, uh, and well, he's it, 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 brilliant, Nick, isn't he? And, absolute, and the best thing about him is such a lovely lad. Um, he's it, it, going to be fantastic for us this season, he really has. Um, but he's played, what, three or four games now, and he's been absolutely outstanding in every one. And a centre forward that um, every football lover knows. Who's that? Marlon. Oh, Marlon, yeah, he's... How can he's, you forget uh, Marlon? Well, that was probably because I think he's hung his boots up now, but oh. he's been doing some coaching. Right. Yeah, I, think that, I think that's where I was mistaken. Right, OK, I didn't realise he wasn't playing me. this time round. No, he, he, he won't be playing this season, mm. but he's been doing some coaching, and, uh, I mean, you can imagine some of the young lads we've got <laughs> being coached by Marlon. <laughs> Marlon here, what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I know. That's I think you've got Marlon Airwood one side... You've got Dennis Rule on the other side watching, and you've got Jamie McGee in the middle. I mean, it just can't get any better than that, <laughs> to be honest. I think the club look, looks, from where I'm sitting, Mark, it looks in good form to have a decent season. Uh, I think, yeah, we're uh, we're hopeful, but uh, we've had some really good results. We've, we've picked really high-profile teams to play in pre-season. We've played, we've played Stanford, Grantham, we've got Spalding tomorrow night. Uh, we've played Sleaford as well, so we've, we've played like mainly teams above us in the league on the pyramid system so um, and that's mainly we've been trying to get those as well to get people through the gates which is we've, we've been doing really well through the gates and that's trying to entice people back to watch us in the league games but um, I mean our goal is well until the, the restructure came out yesterday we didn't know what was going to happen but it's all changing again Mick I think isn't it? Oh yes um, uh, So it, it'll probably change again but because we, we missed out on um, we missed out on FA Cup this year, so our, our goal is top four. Um, because as you know, getting into the FA Cup, if you can win one, possibly two games, make it just makes your season. You're in the money, aren't time. you? As well, yeah. you're, in, you're in the money big time. Good time, Mark. Well, we're going to keep in touch with you all se- season. Um, we're going to yeah, um, obviously talk about Har- Harabi because we they're, they're on our list of teams to watch. Brilliant. So, um, well, um, well, let's just hope we have a good season, and um, we'll keep yeah. in we'll pe- and we'll keep in touch. Lovely, Mick. Thanks very much, mate. Th- thanks, Mark. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Mark Fardell, there, Farley, to me and to you. Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. with Mick and Tony.
Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Missed one of our shows? Don't forget you can check out the podcasts and get the very latest sports news daily on our website at radionewark.co.uk. Okay, next on the list, if we've got the right telephone number, I've sent my man out there, we're going to talk to Matthew Revel and... um, we're getting back to cricket, actually. We're going to talk, we're, we're going to talk all cricket because last January um, we learnt how Claypole no longer had a cricket pitch of their own. It was deemed unsafe and um, they couldn't play any cricket on it and had to go and play their games at Kayfork. So now is the time to find out, halfway through the football season, one, how is the season going? And two... What is the situation at Claypole? And uh, I always get his name wrong, so let's see if we can get it right this time. Matthew Revel is going to join us to tell us, hopefully, an awful lot of good news. Good evening, sir. Good evening, yes. Well, uh, we'll start with uh, some really good news um, that uh, Claypole Parish Council have um, gone and found a company that are able to do as a square and repair the outfield and put a water supply in so I'm proud to announce in 2021 Claypole Cricket Club after a club vote will be moving back to Claypole that is brilliant news I mean that is that is just that's fantastic isn't it because once it well, once it's gone especially on a cricket pitch it's very rare it comes back well considering the amount of money as well the parish council's put massive faith in the cricket team um, and as uh, acting chairman I've you know I've completely said to them we will be looking not just at a cricket team we'll do a sports community uh, work where beforehand we wasn't so close to the parish council we're going into a partnership now so it's a, a complete change um, time we get in in 2021 because we need time for it to bed in because it's going to be five new wickets a water supply right next to it you know so we are able to really um, having top quality wickets again um, not saying that Claypole's was ever top quality but you know it was a competitive wicket um, and yeah it, we're really happy with the work that John Freeman's done I've got to say a massive thank you to him because he's really been fighting for Claypole he's the chairman of um, Claypole Parish Council and yeah he's he just helped out massively so uh, yeah good bit of news there Uh while playing on the other hand, uh, we're, uh, we're not doing so well. Uh, we're second bottom, but we've only played 10 games and um, other teams have played nearly 13, 14 games. So we can pull it around, we can pull the season around. Uh, we're still getting used to playing at K4. It's a lot lot different. It's very quick. It's a really quick outfield. Um, it's a high-scoring game. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think we've still we haven't quite got it yet. But we are slowly but surely getting better. We well, we, we played top of the league um, only two weeks ago, and we gave a real good good effort. Uh, but when you took a ex Lincolnshire batsman out, and in his first four balls, he hits four four straight off, and what are you opening bowlers? You, you're doing for a long day. It's going to so, be, uh, be a long afternoon. Yeah, yeah, it was a long and it was very hot as well. So, um, and when the captain turns to me and says, "How do you fancy a bit of gentle off spin?" Uh, <laughs> I thought there's going to be a lot of running there. So, <laughs> but uh, the ma- I mean, yeah. the main the main thing is 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 though that the team is still there. The team is still called Claypole, and you're still playing cricket. 
Yeah, so we did have a vote last week, and it, you know, because uh, we have a constitution like everyone, and uh, I wanted to give the opportunity to everyone within the club, and we have members that buy in, paying into the club to help run it, so they get a right to, to air their voices. They don't play, but they they wanted to see Claypool come back. So, um, out of the thirty members that we we've, we've got uh, throughout the village, um, we had a really good uptake. Uh, only six didn't uh, didn't vote. And you know, eighty percent of them voted to come back to Claypole. Now um, we are going to have some hard times ahead. You know, we've got a lot of work to do. We've got to get the sight screens fixed. We've got to get the um, covers sorted out. But I believe that we've got the right people that's willing to give their time. Uh, companies that's willing to put sponsorship into it. The parish council have got some great ideas, and you know, it's it's rebuilding from the ground upwards and. I truly believe that the Parish Council and the Claypool Cricket Club could work together very easily and even hopefully get some football back there. I know that Flowserve Juniors are playing there at the moment, so we can get some men's football and it just keep, it'll bring sports back to the uh, to the village. And it just starts with a little bit of investment, a little bit of trust. But what the main thing is, and for me and John, is we try and get the community involved. You know, winning the World Cups really helped, um, and I'd love to be able to see my daughter play for. Claypole, you know, um, I've got two daughters, and it'd be lovely to be able to say the Rebel names carried on within Claypole cricket um, because you know the women's game is is another area that, uh, as a club, I think we will definitely be looking at. Yeah, and so, it's, you know we've got three um, local girls playing for for knots now, so why why not your daughter the next one? Yeah, yeah, I, I've, I've played against Eden before, and uh, you know she's troubled me with her uh, gentle swings and that, so. Um, I'd love it. You know, my daughter's got a good arm on an ass. She's only four, so Eden, <laughs> Eden troubles me, and I don't even play cricket. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and you know, we're going to be looking for groundsmen because um, we're going to need help upkeeping that wicket. So uh, what we're um, what the club will be doing is putting a uh, leaflet out all the surrounding areas in Boulderton, Newark, the whole thing. We're looking at uh, two thousand leaflets to get around and to get the message around saying if you can volunteer some time and uh, want to give to a bit of community we'll be obviously canvassing Claypole and surrounding area but as a club we will be having a really active role to try and get sport and use the World Cup really as like a kickstart and I'm going to say the Ashes uh, when, we, when we beat the Aussies Good um, lad <laughs> uh, but Yeah I, you know, I just don't see anyone being able to play Joffrey O'Darcher and uh, Broad when he's uh, when he's on it and Jimmy Anderson's just going to swing that uh, 2018 Duke ball round corners and the Aussies won't be able to you see, you see that's why they need somebody like you in, in, in charge at Claypole Cricket, wonderful optimism <laughs> yeah well you see, aim high shoot low exactly, Matthew so, keep, keep us in, in touch with everything that goes off at Claypole and come back and talk to us again very soon but it's so pleasing to know that since we last spoke to you when it was almost the depths of despair now we're on that road to recovery yeah thank you very much thanks very much thank you bye bye and a good news story there Mr Smith I'm sure I do great supporter of sport in villages and Claypole is going to be a big village and quite frankly there's nothing there yeah it's it's, it's, it's great to know that um the, the club's coming back I, I've had some uh, lovely times there myself as a player 
And, um, it's one of my favourite grounds. Yeah, it's, it's next to the railway line. It's, it's, it's yes. a lovely place, and uh, I, I was fielding virtually on that railway line when. Um, if I'd have been the captain, you would have been. <laughs> uh, I, I, I once took a blinding catch, and it appeared from my position on the railway line that the ball had actually gone over the sun before it landed in my hands, and uh, it's uh, unforgettable memories of that place. Wonderful times. Okay. Are you going to. Um, do our next telephone call oh, yes. on um, on tonight's uh, weekend rock that's what we do on a monday night we talk to the people that's making the news and even if it rains on a summer saturday afternoon we can still find people that's making the news um and the next one is um steve kirkham of course and flow serve actually start their league season this saturday can you think of it newark flow serve are at home to Worcester City something that the ones of us that's been involved in football in this town over the years and only dream about but it's happening it's happening at Lowfields this weekend flow serve against Worcester City in the Tall Station Midland League and what's worrying me now is Tony's not talking to anybody so he's found him he's got him we've got him so to the phone lines and I think before the season the last match before the season starts we're going to talk to a very happy flow serve joint manager Mr Steve Kirkham Steve um, am I right in saying that uh, you've still got a beam on your face from I know it's a pre-season match and I've been telling Tony all night don't read anything into pre-season matches but to go to a, a, another step five club and spank them for seven has got to give you a satisfaction uh, yeah, definitely. It was it was pleasing, and I think not just another step five club, but another step five club that expects to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. Um, they've had some good results in pre-season themselves, so yeah, um, I thought we could win the game, and I thought it'd be a good marker for where we're at. But I don't think anyone expected seven two, and not just a result, but the way we played as well. Now, my spies tell me that the game was dictated and played at flow serves tempo unlike the game at Gedlin the infamous after the night before game um, when it was probably played at the tempo that me and Tony could have played at this one was played at the tempo that you wanted to play at how important is that Steve? Yeah definitely I think um, what we've brought in this year is good footballers um, we have to get the ball on the deck we have to play it at our tempo if we slow it down sort of take the tempo out of the game let it come a bit scrappy and we sort of we lose our um, lose our strengths. Um, so we have to play quickly to get it on the deck, move the ball around, and that lets our footballers get on the ball. If that does happen, I think we can beat anybody. The new lads, because these are the ones we're going to keep concentrating on while people who get to um, get used to them. And a first ever hat trick for one of them. Yeah, Matty Connor was a new lad actually. Um, <laughs> it's the one that nobody knows about and he lives on our doorstep <laughs> yeah yeah um, he, he was on the radar we tried to get him last season again um, but he was at Lincoln I didn't want to drop down but he lives in Newark um, so it made sense for him to come across and he settled in really well um, he obviously got his hat trick on Saturday which again it's a pre-season friendly however he'll go into Saturday full of confidence now a couple of lads mi- missing um, for different reasons and, and it was to two of you forwards but on the other hand it put Elliot King into the limelight and again my spies tell me it's not Tony I've been talking to somebody who knows about football um, 
tells me that the centre forward did, didn't score a goal but had one of his best ever games for flow serve yeah um, we'll keep talking about the new signings but there's been plenty of lads that have gone away and improved got fitter got sharper um, Beckett and Kingy and um, I said to Kingy after the game it's, it's the best Kingy I've seen I've known Kingy for well I played with him 10 years ago um, so I've seen him play step 5 before but for me he's put the work in and he looks as sharp as I've ever seen him he's, he's behind closed doors friendly he scored 5 um, and he's come on and looked sharp in every game that he's played so it doesn't surprise me because I know he's a good player um, but this season we'll need two good strikers so Hutch and Kingy up there uh, it's good competition for places Interesting isn't it how you people in the mindset up the game a couple of gears when there is competition for the places I mean I was talking again um, about Danny Meadows and, da- and Danny is extra training extra effort because he's looked around him and as good as Danny Meadows is he's looked around him and he's seeing some cracking midfield players sitting there around him so you, you've just got to go that little bit more haven't you yeah I think I just mentioned uh, Beckett and Kingy but I think Danny will be disappointed he wasn't mentioned as well because he's another one that's gone away knuckled down and against uh, Grantham I thought he was superb uh, against Quorn, I thought he was the best player on the pitch um, so yeah you're right like I say we got the business done early I think it was a bit of a wake up call to everybody um, and everyone's gone to that next level and we all know how good Danny Meadows can be um, he was good last season he can't knock him he scored 20 goals but we all know what Danny Meadows and how good he can be and there's probably times where he wasn't quite at the levels that we expect um, however pre-season I think he's been as good as anything at the squad and that's down to his hard work I think that actually sums it up quite 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 well and very, and very honestly as well um, ok so we're in the week now you've got no more matches you've probably got a training session just to and then as I keep saying Newark Flow Save will play Worcester City it's un, it just sounds unbelievable to be quite honest um, honestly Steve what do you want from this season and before a ball is kicked of the season where would you be happy with at the end of the season um, well I spoke with Gary said I'll give you a neutral answer here, Mick but um, we have to first and foremost make sure we're in the league um, consolidate uh, Worcester will give us a massive indication of where we're at and Highgate the third game in a way um, then we'll be able to be a bit more but to be honest with you I'm not sure um, I don't know the quality of the league as much as I've done the other leagues um, I don't know how good we are um, we've matched in my eyes Baseford um, I think we more than matched Grantham so I believe in the team uh, whoever we play we can win football matches so like I said to you before give me sort of 10 12 games and then uh, ask the question again 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 a wonderfully honest answer um, we'll see you there on Saturday afternoon I would confidently expect a massive crowd there on Saturday afternoon let's um, let's give them something um, to go home and, and smile about as we hit uncharted territory once again for New York football but with you and Roche at the, at, at the helm we believe I think that's the way we should put it We'll see you all on Saturday. The best of luck on Saturday, Steve. Um, whatever the result, it's going to be a fantastic day. But if we can win it, ah, oh, it'd be Sir Steve Kirkham. Right.
talk to you again next Monday night and let's hope we're both smiling. All right, no pressure. Cheers, OK, <laughs> no pressure at all. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Cheers, bye-bye. Bye. And after the break... Hang on, that's what Mr Smith thinks next Saturday will bring. So it gives you time to go out and put the brew on, down, down to him. <laughs> He's been dying, absolutely dying to talk about FlowServe all since we've come on, on air at, um, at 7 o'clock and I've been keeping his mic down all the time because he's that enthusiastic bless him about you know he's like a puppy that's got a new toy um so um in fairness to mr smith i'm going to let him now um talk about flow serve <laughs> they were very very good absolutely outstanding but um it's the best level of football that i've seen in the a third of a century in this town watching football I've not seen a Newark team play that sort of football they were outstanding in the first half in the pre-season friendly against Grantham they were outstanding for 90 minutes on Saturday absolutely brilliant there you go and he got it all out of the way in 30 seconds um, we will mention it again on first night but um, one thing I will say to you is that um it, it, it is the first ever Step 5 league match that a New York team has taken part in and that before all the people over 120 years old told me that Ransom Miles played to a high standard that was before the pyramid system came a- around so it is the highest standard that a New York team have ever played in is Step 5 um, they're playing Worcester City now bear in mind that to my knowledge three of these Worcester City players that's going to be playing on Saturday within the team that beat Coventry in the FA Cup when Worcester beat them two years ago that beat Coventry in the FA Cup that's the Coventry City that play in the league so you know come on this is going to be no picnic in the park so don't go down there on Saturday afternoon to Lowfields thinking that Flo Serve's going to pot seven in because it ain't going to happen so what I'm saying to you though is if you go into Lowfields please 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 get there early parking looks like it's going to be a problem half the car park um, we can't use anymore at FlowServe and the drive is a problem as well so I think it's the earlier you get there the better because it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if it wasn't a 500 plus gate it really wouldn't it's that sort of match all we want now is a decent day and that's not Tony what we got at the weekend because when we spoke to Gary last Thursday night um, I think Bolton's the one I really want to concentrate on because Bolton's first team was playing Notts Casuals, which is the team that the neck and neck with down at the wrong end of the table. Um, but Bolton have got a game in hand. So, probably from Bolton's point of view, they would be happier than Casuals with six points each. Well, I got poo pooed on Thursday night when I told you both that it was going to chuck it down all weekend. But <laughs> you see, if you don't take the word about outdoor weather conditions from a lollipop man, you know, I mean, there's no respect whatsoever. But no, it was a tremendous shame. It's been cracking the flags all week. Today was a lovely day again, and then Friday and uh, sorry, Saturday and Sunday cricket is just ruined. It's a, a real, real unfairness from the weather gods on that one and, and Bolton twos with the wonderful Eden um, they had the only game that didn't get to a finish the previous week so they had the 20 points 
cut to ten at the top of the table. Yeah. This weekend, was over against bottom of the table, Kimberley, which was a 20-point gimme, if you like. And he ended up with six points. Yeah, it's, it's when it throws down for everybody, then six points each is fair dose. But it's when it rains in your neck of the woods and somebody else cracks up 20 points and, you know, it's through no fault of your own. You, you, you might, you're you 14 points in demerit. We spoke long and hard, or I spoke long and hard last week about the disciplinary problems that reared its head in the South Knots League and I didn't know about another couple of them. Uh, and it, it seems to have left um, Martin Briggs, who's chairman of the umpires, or... Yeah. He, he's resigned... Really? Um, he's he's gone. Um, oh. Not I hasten to add, because he listens to Radio Newark and he heard the rants, no, but, but as pretty much part of what happened last week, Martin has really? said that is, that's... Um, that's you know, shocking. That's um, in, in, enough's enough when clubs was ringing him up at quarter to eight in the morning justifying the, their, their players' actions against the umpires and he says, I'm sorry, I don't need this. And, um, mm. and he's walked away. Now, Tony... I've seen it in football, yes. And I, I know football attracts what it attracts. But I'm shocked and disappointed. And I spoke to Gary Edgington two or three times over the weekend. And I know he's shocked and disappointed that the season that was going relatively well and calmly all seemed to blow up on one Saturday afternoon with four or five instances at different... Uh, different matches. Well, I, I've I've known Martin Briggs um, for thirty years, and uh, always been uh, a lovely fella, and and loves his cricket to bits. And when I went to Trampbridge two years ago and took my twelve-week uh, cricketing uh, cricket umpiring course, Martin was a great support. And, and at the end, when I managed to get my eighty uh, percent pass rate, he uh, plonked a piece of paper in front of me and said. Will you be a panel umpire, Divis divisions A, B and C? Uh, I said, well, no, mate, the reason I did this is so I can go umpire with my mates at Newark, and uh, so I, I, I don't want to go to a neutral venue. But, um, as I say, to hear that Martin has decided to step down from something that he dearly loves means that the <coughs> problem must be pretty horrific. Which well, this is where me and you didn't quite agree last week because you you were saying the umpires should take charge, but I mean yeah. the the fact is, and as Martin has basically said, you know, you you've got lads there who who can't play cricket then anymore because age has has beat them. Mm. They can put yes, they earn a bit of money. We know all that, but they can put something back into the game. But if you're constantly being harassed and intimidated by six foot square shoulders, twenty odd year olds. It's going to get to you. And these guys are also saying, OK, enough's enough. I don't need it. Goodbye. Yes, yeah, it's, it's... And it's going to kill cricket, Tony. It, it, it is. Um, because they say that you can't have a game of football without a referee. Now, over the years, I've seen plenty of instances where you couldn't have a game of football because of the referee. But cricket and umpiring is two totally different things from the from the, uh, from the from the football game because people are generally a bit more mature and a bit more responsible and a bit less drunk you know in a sort of very very local sport and you know I mean it's um, if, you, if, if you can't have a decent conversation with somebody on a cricket field 
then there's something desperately wrong with society. I've never had any problems because, you know, if, if there is a problem arising, then I'm old enough and daft enough to sort it out. But if you act as though... If you look as though you can be intimidated, then you're going to have a problem. But you've got to stand up and be tough. And if you find that you're uncomfortable in that situation, then of course you're going to get out of it. But the problem is not umpires bottling it, as it were. The problem is cricketers having to show a damn sight more respect than they are doing, obviously, in those cases. Say, so I've not had a problem myself. I'm, I'm, not saying, but I'm not saying the umpires bottle it at, bottled it at no, no, Bolton. I'm just no. saying sometimes you can be intimidated and it's not bottling it. No, I think, I think bottling it was probably the wrong phrase to use, but what I mean is, you know, people are going to say... If people are going to say, I've had enough, then fair dues. But I would say that I have not umpired at a high level that these umpires are actually, you know, taking part in the game at. And, you know, most of these problems seem to be at the top level of South Knox cricket and not down at the levels yeah, that I'm agreed, umpiring agreed, at. Agreed, agreed. And I've noticed a great deal of difference this season from stepping down from the first 11 with Newark R&M to the second 11 and start going from Division D to Division J. You know, because in Division J, then you don't get any problems at all. Gary Edgington summed it up quite well. He says, if, if, if winning the Plastic Cup means that much to you, you'll go out and buy you one. Yeah, I mean, like, sort of, obviously at Division A, uh, where you've got the panel umpires, you've got cricketers who know what they're doing and who know... I've got the experience of how far they can take it with umpires and they will try. They will. A lot anyway, on. that's me and you finished for tonight, night mm. one. Tomorrow night, Damo Parkinson's going to talk all things Newark Town and on Wednesday night, Andy Hardy. Andy Hardy. Andy Hind is going to talk all things. I'll leave you to figure that one out. We're